This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. I take things a little bit different direction today as I have a special guest podcast with Linda Justice, the director at Dow Jones Risk and Compliance. We consider the ROI of compliance around third parties. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and today I'm extraordinarily pleased to have with me Linda Justice. Linda is the director, Dow Jones Risk and Compliance, and we're going to talk today about ROI in your compliance program. Linda, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Tom, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Linda, I think this is one topic that really bedevils compliance officers. They understand how to do due diligence. They understand the need for third-party risk management, but they struggle with ROI around third parties. So I was wondering if maybe I could get some of your thoughts on how a compliance practitioner can improve the ROI of a compliance program specifically around third parties. Sure. Absolutely. I'd be happy to give my bird's eye view. So I've been with Dow Jones now for just about nine or 10 months, but I've worked with other clients or chief compliance officers around their third-party due diligence for the bulk of my career. And so I think where I would start is in order for a company to determine where their ROI is, where are they starting from? Are they starting from scratch? Are they starting from doing Google searches? Are they looking to make improvements and tweaks to their program? Are they making massive changes to their program just based on understanding that maybe they're exposed to some risk because they should be doing things a little bit better, or perhaps let's say due to a merger or acquisition. So it really begins on where they're starting. And so where they're starting will inform the level of risk that they might be exposed to already. Are they already performing due diligence? Are they not doing it completely? Are they doing it inaccurately? That kind of thing. So I think companies can measure what their ROI might look like, just depending on where they are. What type of forces do they have within the organization? Is their staff being utilized appropriately? Are certain things bottlenecking that really need to make some improvements? So that's the general theme of how I see my clients starting to assess what their ROI might be. And I, I think what I would say about that is if they're looking now to use, to really leverage technology to improve the processes that you just described, who are they performing their due diligence on? How are they performing it? 
what, who are they sending questionnaires to? What type of internal risk assessment are they doing? I think what's probably the most useful is if they take an approach that is not one size fits all. You're not going to perform the same level of due diligence for each of your third parties. You really want to first take a risk assessment and understand what level of risk that third party might present to your company. So in that regard, if you're not applying the same deep level of due diligence, you're not spending as much money on the due diligence if you don't have to. So there's a return, right? You're, if you're spending appropriate money, just depending on the level of risk. So it might be sufficient to do a screening for certain third parties. You then might find if you do any kind of risk scoring and determine that it's time to send out a due diligence questionnaire to that third party, you're sending it out. We find not all of our not all of our clients and not all of the companies that I speak with do that, right? It's time intensive. They have to chase down the responses, getting information back. And why do it for everyone if you don't need to do that? And then ultimately, what level of due diligence will they apply? Will they do that screening or do that deeper due diligence on them? It always begins with where you are and the resources that you have on hand. Linda, if uh, ongoing due diligence, I think, is another a topic of interest with many compliance officers. And certainly the days of doing due diligence once every two years when a company comes up for renewal are long past being anything close to a best practices. How do you help a compliance practitioner think through the topic of ongoing monitoring of third parties or some type of ongoing due diligence? If they're if they are screening them, we recommend that you then do ongoing continuous monitoring of that third party against the watch lists and other data that you might be screening them against, such as adverse media profiles. That you should always do. But again, the deeper level of due diligence, it might come at contract renewal time to evaluate, are you still purchasing the same goods or services? Have risks come up inherently during the lifetime of the relationship or during that time of the relationship? I think COVID is a very good example where some of our clients might have been obtaining goods from certain regions and now have to really rethink where they're getting those goods from. So think of it at contract, continuously monitor absolutely against the screening resources. And then at contract renewal time, if you've done that assessment, it might be time just to reassess the value of the contract, where goods are coming from, what level of risk, what are the regulatory factors that might impact change. And if clients are getting any sort of reporting, any kind of analytics in the overall relationships with their third parties, those analytics might also inform the additional level of due diligence that they need to apply to continue the relationship. Linda, we end these podcasts with three key takeaways. What are your three key takeaways for the topic of ROI on third-party risk management? So I would say when a company invests in their overall third-party risk, number one, they're going to reduce their risk exposure. They will thus reduce their risk of investigations and enforcement costs. So that's significant. It just it depends on the entity, the type of risk that you know that they're facing and you know what the government is looking at. Number two, they're going to work more efficiently. They're going to use their resources very wisely. For example, if you don't need to apply a deep level of due diligence to all third parties, you're freeing up some of your staff to, to be able to do other things to keep the organization compliant. And then this is big. There's an improved value to all stakeholders. So it's the organization to their third parties, but also the organization to their own employees. 
It's about that top-down, tone-at-the-top and ethics approach. And then finally, an improved value to other stakeholders. It could be shareholders, it could be customers, others who are buying from your company and carefully watching your company and really value that a company is managing its risk appropriately. Linda, I really wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit with me today on this. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate someone's perspective other than mine. I hope I can call upon you perhaps again in the future. Anytime, Tom. Thank you so much. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for joining me for this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. If I could ask one call to action, if you would tell one person about this podcast as passing the information along in this podcast, it's the fastest way to grow this podcast. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll join me tomorrow where I take up another topic of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.